0: Morning, church. Let us pray before we enter into today's word. Father, thank you once more, Lord, that we are able to gather Sunday morning to praise your name, exalt who you are. You are Savior. Lord, teach us today a bit more about you. May we decrease today and you be exalted through your word. Lord, open up our hearts to the gospel. If there's anyone out there, Lord, that needs to hear the gospel, may they hear it this morning, open up hearts and convict of sin. Lord, may I decrease, may the messenger decrease, may the message be proclaimed. It is in your name that we pray, Jesus. Amen. 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 Good morning again. What a privilege to worship with you guys. And, and more than that, what an honor to preach God's Word today. So I want us to open our, up, up our Bibles to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 28, verses 16 to 20. Matthew, chapter 28, verses 16 to 20. This is where we are today. And we all know this passage very well. It is one of the most widely recognized verses in Scripture. It is dear and near to the heart of the church because in it we find the mission statement of the church. And we know that a mission statement is that navigational tool that allows a church or an organization to align their people strategically towards one common goal. But this morning, my desire is that we understand clearly the mission statement that our Lord has declared for us and how to fulfill our mission as the body of Christ. Before I read the passage today, I want to go through a couple of points. Modern churches have different mission statements. For some churches, their statement is to, is centered on building large churches to have converts meet and gather. For others, is to have a major impact in the world and to empower believers to be successful in every aspect of their lives. Although many of their value statements have some Christian lingo or jargon in it, their mission is far from what our Lord has commanded us. Let me read you a mission statement from one of the leading worldwide pop cultured churches. It reads, To reach and influence the world, building a large, Christ-centered, Bible-based church, changing mindsets, mindsets and empowering people To lead and impact in every sphere of life. At first glance, this mission statement sounds biblical and doctrinally aligned with what we read in Matthew 28. First, notice that this church's mission statement is centered on reaching and influencing the world. By building a large church, quite opposite to what scripture teaches, we don't reach the world by making it our priority to build large churches nor nor our goal is to change people's mindsets but preach the gospel and have god change their hearts there is no coincidence that this worldwide church is in decay and is going through major scandals many of their hip tight shirt-wearing pastors are being disqualified left and right and why do you ask It is because they didn't get the mission statement right from the get-go. Their mission is to influence the world by creating light shows, by creating a million-dollar band and giving concerts, by entertaining their converts and never talking about sin. Their sermons are are full of feel-good lift-me-ups, motivational speeches. So what is the mission statement of the church? Let me define it for you. This is my own definition. The central mission of the church is to glorify God by the fulfillment of the great commission. To go out and preach the gospel of Christ and make disciples of all nations and to add true worshipers to the kingdom of God. That is the mission. It is imperative that we get this right, beloved. Because when we get it right, we understand that everything we do is centered towards one goal, which is to make disciples. Then everything else makes sense. Ministries, fellowship, Christian friendships, Sunday services. We realize this is all, these are all tools to equip the saints to make disciples. That is the goal. But today's church has gotten it way wrong. We were sold the illusion that the church's goal is to satisfy our own needs. We choose our churches because of how elaborate the children's and youth ministry is. And our worship team must be up to par with secular bands. If not, this is not the church for me. And don't get me started with the preaching, they better not preach about any personal accountability. No, by all means, it is not my fault. This is how I was born. There is no such thing as sin. Dangerous. Now let us read the passage this morning and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us and show us how to fulfill the Great Commission. And as we go through the passage, may our hearts understand and commit to the mission of the church. Let us read. Matthew 28, verses 16
1: to 20. Excuse me. Verses 16.
0: Now, the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. I've titled today's message, Go Make Disciples, The Church's Mission. And today we have four points, but I'll go over only two for time's sake. And then next time, when I preach, I'll go over the other two. There's so, so much to say about this passage. I wanted to do some justice to it. These points are Words. That will help us understand the mission of the church and help us fulfill that mission. And these are the points. I'll give you the four points, but I'll only go over the first two. Number one, availability. Number two, power. Number three, obedience. And number four, promise. Let's jump into number one, availability. Well, now, the context of the passage, we all know it. Christ had recently been raised from the dead. He had met with His disciples a few times before, not only the eleven, but also the women who followed Him. Jesus had instructed His disciples to go to Galilee, where He was to meet them at a disclosed location. Look at verse 16. Now, the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain... To which Jesus had directed them. Something immediately jumps from the text. Is that disciples availability. And disposition to Christ's directions. They were about to receive the mission. That would change, that, change them for the rest of their lives. And they were available. To receive such command. It is said. That the greatest ability of the believer is availability. To be available is to be used by God for his purposes. Keep that in mind. So the first clue that the passage gives us to fulfill the Great Commission is to be available. This reminds me of Isaiah when the Lord asked, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Isaiah immediately responded, Here I am. Send me. Isaiah 6, eight. Here's a man that understood the mission, the urgency of the call. To be available is to be intentional with your time, resources, and gifts. To be spent on building God's kingdom. Beloved, the reason many Christians today are not available for God's purposes is because they are building their own kingdom instead of God's kingdom. Now, American Christianity has integrated with this church the philosophy of the American individualism. A hyper-focus on oneself. We are taught that we must thrive and have a pursuit of happiness. Sacrificing for the American dream, growing our portfolios, be property owners, have a hefty retirement 401k account, and wait for our retirement. And that's it. And that is our purpose. That's a lie. This is the lie that Christians in America are living today, unfortunately. Instead of being available to others, especially when it comes to the service and reaching the lost we are quickly available to our own desires and yearnings. It is easy for the church to lose their goal and focus on the Great Commission when prosperity is always knocking at its door. Now, I work at a bank, as many of you know, and throughout the years, many customers come in their time of need to have me refund overdraft fees. You know those. $35 fees. Nobody likes them, right? Right? Yeah, My job, main job is not to refund the fee, but to educate the customer on how to avoid future fees. How to, how to get a hold of their finances. Granted, not, any, not in every scenario means that the customer, customer mismanage their finances, but a good majority of the time, they have. And one way for me to educate our customers is to go through their bank statements. And look through their monthly spending and dissecting where they can stop unnecessary spending. This might look intrusive at first, but as I'm quickly quickly going through their monthly transactions, the customer realizes that their problem is not that the bank charged them a $30 fee, but that they have a habit issue. They have a bad spending habit. See, I've come to realize that what matters most to them at the most at that time is where they're they spend most of their money and resources. So when I finish giving them a small financial education, they quickly realize that they have misplaced priorities. And why do I say this? Because I often wonder, if God were to show us our life statements, so to say, so to speak, where would we find our priorities to be? We are available only for us, are we available only for us, for the building of his kingdom? I find that we are most available for the things that acquire and hold our hearts. Matthew 6.21 says, for where your treasure is, you know the rest. There your heart will be also. To be available for the fulfillment of the Great Commission is to have a heart for the lost. For those who are different than us, it is to give up our self-righteousness and open, uh, open ourselves up to be misunderstood, to awkward moments, or being hurt when making disciples. It is to open our homes, not only to those who are most, we are most comfortable with, but with those who have nothing in common with you.
1: Is it uncomfortable? Of course it is. Something else that we can see from availability or being available
0: is that when you are available, you are close to Christ. The disciples were available and they ran to their Savior. They had a disposition to be used by Christ. And all great men and women of church history have one thing in common. They were, they were available to be used by God. It is a desire to come in closeness with their, with their God by being used by Him. Most of them were not the brightest nor the most skilled because God is not looking for such people. But people that are readily available, Christians that are available, are constantly on the lookout to
1: be productive and be of service wherever the need rises. You that Christian this morning. I hope you are. So God does not need our qualifications.
0: God uses our availability. Often when I see a brother or sister alienating themselves from the church and God, more often than not, is because they're seeking to be served and not really are not really available to serve others. They might think they are available, but ultimately available to have their needs met and not the needs of others. May we have the disposition of Paul to serve others. Look at Romans 1, 13 to 16. I don't know if it's not there. I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that I have often intended to come to you, but thus far have been prevented. In order that I may reap some harvest amongst you, as well amongst the rest of the Gentiles. I am under obligation both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to the wise and to the foolish. So I am eager to preach the gospel to you also in Rome. Paul was available and intended to be available because he felt an obligation from God to seek out the lost. If you want to be available, remember that you also are obligated to fulfill the gospel. That the gospel message has not only been entrusted to Paul, to John, and to Peter, but also to you.
1: Therefore, your priorities must be like Paul's. Having a desire
0: that in everything you do with the time and gifts and resources that have been given to you, that they are centered in making Disciples.
1: But in order to do this, we must be available. You want to do something godly? Teach your families to be available also. That seeking the lost and making disciples is not an inconvenience. It is our life's mission. In order to be available, we must be intentional with our time. As a family
0: or individuals, take time to set your priorities straight. Make sure there is time for service. Make sure there, there are times available for whatever need that may rise. Whatever need that needs to be met. In Miami, we're so consumed with the trivial things. We add so much to our calendars that when you really, you really look We are consumed with the things that really add no value to our lives. Be intentional in not to inundate your family's schedule with trivial, irrelevant, and inconsequential things. Things that bear no purpose for God's kingdom nor bear any reward in heaven. Separate yourselves from the mentality of busyness. That busyness means productiveness. That's a lie. This is not necessarily true. Greek philosopher Socrates said, Beware the barrenness
1: of a busy life. That is so true. Because when we are busy about our own things, we
0: lose the perspective on the things that really matter. We get pulled into this, the things of the world. We tend to conform to the things of this world. We are busy. We tend to be in neutral. And it is when we tend to neglect our relationship with our Lord and others. Now, don't get me wrong. I, know, I understand that we have busy lives. I, I get it. For the most part, we all work hard and we have long hours. I get that too. What I'm saying is that whatever other time and energy you can spare, spare it for the things that will benefit the kingdom of God. Charles Spurgeon said this, Serve God by doing common actions in a heavenly spirit. And then, if your daily calling only leaves for cracks and crevices of times,
1: fill them up with holy service. Be available. With the time you've been given. We have been taught the wrong idea that only pastors and leaders are
0: responsible to work overtime. That they ought to work full time and also spend their souls, spend their time for souls
1: and caring for others. No, beloved, this is a, this is a team sport. We are called, we're all called to make disciples and to use our time and be
0: available for holy service. We feel proud when we hear that our pastor, after long hours of a day, quickly stops whatever he's doing with his family and goes to a hospital and preaches the gospel to a dying soul. We get happy
1: about that, and we should. We forget that we're all called to do so. It is not a one-man show. We are called to be available for such things, each and every one of us. That is the mission of the church. Ultimately, it all sets on how we view the Great Commission.
0: We forget that once we were lost in our transgression, and someone was available for us. Most of us came to Christ because someone took their time and was available and willing to serve for your rescue. And I wonder if we stop complaining about the little things and focus on the bigger picture, the picture of eternity, how much more productive and available will Christians be?
1: I wonder. You're tired of being single, and God has not answered that prayer for you. Don't be discontent and start to grumble, but instead use your time, you young people. You above all people now have
0: the time available to you for the service, for service of God's people and non-believers alike. Use your time wisely. Colossians 4, verses 5, verse 5 says,
1: Walk in wisdom towards outsiders, making the best of the time be intentional
0: if you struggle with being available and giving your life for the great commission I urge
1: you to ponder on this Christ was available for you he did not grasp to his glory
0: but took his precious time and intended with purpose to be available for each and every one of you and it is exactly the same mindset that we all should have. Philippians two five eight says this. Have this mind among yourselves, which is, which is yours, is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled humbled himself by becoming obedient even to the point of death. Even death on the cross. That is the mindset. Not holding on to ourselves, to our precious time.
1: It is to be sacrificial. It is to think of others that are there. They need the gospel. Hope we have this mindset. This is the mindset that we ought to pursue and act, be selfless to others, and the rescue for those who, like you once, are now perishing. Point number two, power. Another element that must be present
0: to fulfill the Great Commission is power. If we take a look at verse 17, we notice that the disciples were available to our Lord's calling, but even though they were available and willing to serve and to be used by our
1: God, they still doubted. And when they saw Him, they worshipped Him, but some doubted. Being
0: available is ultimately not enough to fulfill the Great Commission, because even in our best day, with our best intentions, we still have our doubts and our weaknesses. The disciples had just seen Christ resurrected, touched his body, seen the scars, and still they doubted. So, what is missing? What is missing is the power of God at our disposal. Because without his power, there's nothing we can do.
1: And we could be all available all we want, but without him, nothing we really can't do. There's nothing
0: in, within us, that we may boast and add to the salvation of others. No one is bright enough, no one is skilled enough to convince the unbeliever of their sins. We need more. And immediately, after the disciples worshipped and doubted, Jesus makes sure they understand that what, what he's about to command them with is not possible through the might or strength of men, Jesus tells them this. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And I love that Matthew chose these words carefully to be written. Because he realized that just as they were doubting and lacking faith, future generations will also doubt. We need to understand that it is not by any of our abilities, although God loves to use us, but it is ultimately by the power of God that people are saved. Zechariah 4.6 tells us, Not by might, not by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord of hosts. It is by the power that placed everything in motion before the world began. It is by the power of God who had already in mind to have Christ redeem us even before the foundations of the world
1: were laid. That's the type of power we need. And even at the very beginning of the history of man,
0: God promised a Savior from whom many would come in reconciliation
1: with God. That's the power we need. When Christ says that all authority in heaven
0: and on earth has been given to me, He is reminding us that he fulfilled the gospel for everyone that would come to faith. And there lies the power of God. The gospel. Paul reminds us, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. For it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. And when Christ said, it is finished. All authority and power have been granted and given unto Jesus to save all that would worship the Father in spirit and truth. Why wouldn't we join the best mission and be available to the best mission of all? Why wouldn't we?
1: When the leader of such mission has full authority and power, the same leader whose heart is to bring men closer God, is he not worth
0: obeying? John 17 verse 2 gives us a parallel passage about Christ's authority and I hope that maybe this will clear it for us a a bit further. It says, Father, this is Jesus praying, the hour has come. Glorify your Son that the Son may be glorified in you since you have given Him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given Him. That
1: is His authority. That is His power. That He is constantly seeking out the lost. So when
0: you doubt your place, your role in the Great Commission, when you doubt in practicing your gift for, for service, remind yourselves this. It is Christ that has full control over all men. He knows who will come to the Father because the Father gave them to Him. There is security in our Lord. And all that He's asking you is to submit to that authority. Come and co-labor with Him. Come and be partakers
1: of that authority that Christ possesses. In his authority, Christ is building up his church.
0: Christ is not building his church so that we may have a place where like-minded people gather and feel understood and separated from this world. That is not his purpose. No. Christ is building up his church to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, Ephesians
1: 4:12. In order for this to happen, the fulfillment of making disciples must take place.
0: And Jesus promised, "This will happen." In Matthew 16, when Peter answered the question, "But who do you say that I am?" And Peter replied, "You are the Christ, the Son of the living God?" Jesus said. And on this rock, not on Peter, on that statement, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. It is a promise.
1: The great commission will be fulfilled. Why don't we partake in it? So there is no doubt that Christ is building up his church and seeking those who the Father gave to him.
0: He promises. that There is nothing in this world, nor Satan, nor viruses, nor armies that can stop his mission. Because he is infinite sovereign. And there's nothing he has control, no control of. And if you need further reminder, Hebrews one three says, He is the radiance of of the glory of God, and the exact imprint of His nature. And He upholds the universe
1: by the word of His power. That is your God. And Colossians 1.17, Colossians
0: He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together.
1: That is authority, and that is power. Beloved, all that we're being asked is to submit and to be obedient
0: to this all sovereign and magnificent power. We can rest assured that we are useful for the gospel and making disciples because the one that calls us is faithful and true. He's beyond all things, and nothing moves, not even a chromosome, without him saying so. Isaac Watts beautifully said this in his song. The song is titled, I Sing the Mighty Power of God. Many many of you know it. And he said, there's no plant or flower below, but makes thy glories known. And clouds arise and tempests blow by order from thy throne. That is power. That is the power we need to fulfill the great commission because that is our mission and as john piper said oh that we might stand amazed and full of faith and unshakable boldness at the authority of jesus christ over the world and at his unstoppable mission of god May we submit to his power and authority and obey his command that we make our life's mission christ's mission which is to fulfill the Great Commission, to make disciples
1: and to build up the church for Christ and His glory. The reality, beloved, is that with, that with or without us, the Great Commission will be fulfilled. Without
0: Cornerstone Bible Church, Christ is still building up His church. My qu- question is, wouldn't you want to be part of this incredible and heavenly mission? Wouldn't you want to spend the rest of your life giving it all so that when the day comes, you have no regrets? You left it all for the mission. And when Christ meets you and says, well done, good and faithful servant. What a moment. Because this is all we can expect Be obedient to the one who calls us to co labor with him
1: in the greatest mission ever assembled. In conclusion, this is not the first, this is only the first part of this message. There's so much more to be said.
0: There are two more points to cover, and I hope that I get to do. Just that. The next time I preach, we will cover the word "obey" and "promise." That they're, they're found in the text, and it's so incredible. There's so much more to be said about this. My prayer is that we understand the mission of the church, and that we submit to our King, who calls us to that fulfillment. That we make it our life's mission to be available.
1: To make disciples. That is the mission. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, your word has been preached. We know that, we don't know the effects of it, but you do. I pray that I was honest and true to the text that
0: whatever was preached here is used for your glory and not ours, that we get a glimpse or a better definition of what the Great Commission is. That coming to church on Sunday mornings is, has purpose. It is not only to gather, it is not only to meet up friends or like-minded people, but to be equipped that our lives is consumed with the thought of making disciples. Lord, it is hard because we live in a world where we are constantly bombarded with lies. The, The church must live like the world, and that's one of the enemy's lies. And Lord, I pray that we are brought back to your word of the mission The clear mission of making disciples, which is to be selfless, which is to invite others, even those who are different from us, to meet and gather, to open up our homes, to teach our children to do so as well. Lord, guide us through this. We need you. We need your power. We can't do it alone. We recognize that, Lord. Help us throughout this week and help us practice these things. In your name we pray. Amen.